Hey, welcome to Exit 15. Glad you guys are here. I am fired up, all right? I'm just going to warn you, there is a message in my heart that's fixing to come out, all right? So you better be holding on tight for what the Lord, I believe the Lord wants to guide us in tonight. So we're on this journey. We're starting our, we uh, started this series, Straight Facts, six weeks ago, and we have four more left in the series. We're on our way to a 10-week series here. And uh, it actually will take us all the way up till Thanksgiving. And so we are on this journey and we have been dealing, we've been taking an apologetic approach to some of the deep topics uh, of Scripture and some of the things that we really need to understand. Now, as we have been diving into these, each one of these principles, God, Jesus, the church, uh, the Bible, we have taken one principle and really just kind of expounded on it. And so as we are jumping into week six, we're going to be talking about people. No, it's not gossip, all right? (laughs) We're going to be talking about people, how God created all people for his glory and to reflect his glory. And so we're going to dive into that. And with that, it comes, that's a loaded conversation. Because in our culture, there are some things that are going on and voices in our culture that are seeking to oppress the truth of God. And so we are going to be speaking God's word into this subject. But before we jump there, I was talking with a friend today. And as I was talking with this friend, the Spirit of God just really came over me. And as I began to just kind of process what the Lord was saying to me in that moment, the image of a potluck dinner came to my mind. How many of you have been to a potluck dinner? You know what I'm talking about? At a potluck dinner, there's a couple of uh, of staple things at a potluck dinner, right? Fried chicken, right? Mac and cheese. There will always be a green bean casserole. Somebody will make some kind of green bean casserole and they will bring it. Somebody will always bring a whole gallon size of the uh, diamond sweet tea, right? Uh, that has got more sugar in it than tea. Uh, the ratios will be really drastically weighted toward the sugar side, right? And so at a potluck dinner, everybody brings something. But I want you to think about the person that shows up to a potluck dinner but brings nothing to the table. Think about that. Everybody else is bringing something to the table, but one person or maybe a group of people don't bring anything to the table. What does that do? What does that say? What does it say about the person? What does it say about the person that brought the meal? The person that brought the meal was what? Prepared. The person that did not bring anything to the table was not prepared. And so I had this picture in my head of a feast in front of us. And it's a massive feast. And it's a good one, right? It has all the fixings. It has the, somebody brought a brisket, somebody brought some, you know, some fried chicken, somebody brought some mac and cheese. It had like five kinds of cheeses on it. Like it is just sitting out in front of you. But what you come to that table with is nothing. You just get to consume what's there. But you never participated in the meal. But you consumed it. And so I had this picture in my mind. How many of us in this room are like the person who shows up to a potluck dinner and brings nothing. And is ill-prepared. So many times when we have, oh gosh, I'm going to start preaching. So many times when we have a moment like this, we have a moment like this, and we're just like the person 
who doesn't come to the table or comes to the table empty-handed with nothing. You know, when we gather together as a body of believers, when we gather together in groups, when we come together and we worship, it's like all, all parties are bringing what they have to the table, and it is an absolute feast. But it's not a feast for the ones that are just consuming it because they brought nothing to the table. They're just devouring selfishly. I think we do that with God sometimes. We show up not prepared. We show up not expecting anything. We show up just to consume, but we never do anything to bring anything to the table. But you're sitting there thinking, well, Steve, in worship, how do I, what do I bring? I bring my, the very breath that's in my lungs. I bring my praise to the Lord. And when you're with a group, you bring an attitude of curiosity to the table. Everybody else in that group is coming prepared. The teachers come prepared. Everybody else is bringing something to the table. And you're sitting there just consuming, consuming, consuming. If you want to take your group to the next level, bring something to the table. If you want to, you want to take your praise to the next level, bring something to the table. You want your church, you want your ministry to grow and to flourish, bring something to the table. I think when the church and us, we all get together and we bring something to the table, oh, it's a feast. <laughs> and we are full of the Spirit of God because we have all brought something to the table. Whether it's our praise or our attitude, it's both of those things, bringing it to the table and allowing the Lord to bless what he brings. He will bring his A-game. The Lord will always bring his A-game. He will bring the fried chicken from heaven, all right? He is going to bring that, but we need to bring the sides, you know? We got to contribute some rolls. We got to bring a sweet tea. You know what I mean? We got to bring it to the table and allow the Lord to bless our time together. Ladies and gentlemen, don't be a consumer of all this. Don't be a consumer of all this. If anything, bring something to the table. So, right here, right now, as we dive into God's word, what are you bringing? He has provided the word of God, and it's right there in front of you. What do you bring into the moment? I think one thing we can all bring is an element of curiosity and a desire to learn and a desire to hear from the Lord. We're going to dive into a topic that's pretty controversial. What are you going to bring to the table? And I pray that as we dive into this, as we fill in the blanks in the next five minutes, like ten minutes, as we fill in the blanks here and we start processing what God's word has to say on how we are to treat each other, I pray that we would all come with something to give and something to learn. Does that make sense? Here we go. You ready? Psalm 139 is where we're headed. Psalm 139. It is one of the most definitive passages of scripture as it relates to people. Why God created people. Okay? Here's point number one. We were all created by God. All of us. Every one of us were created by God. Psalm 139. If you got your Bible there, here we go. For, we, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. Your works are wonderful. Do you hear that? The works of God are wonderful. That's you, ladies and gentlemen. That's me. I know that full well. 
My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them even came to be. Can I get an amen? Hey, God's word tells us in this moment, one, that we were all created by him. It wasn't by chance. He ordained your days. He put you on this planet for a reason. He saw you in your mother's womb. (laughs) Blow your mind. Like, he formed you, he created you. Genesis 1 is 127. It says this. It says, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. I didn't share with you the big idea, did I? Here we go. I'm going to roll it back. All people are created in God's image as male and female, are infinitely valuable, and our lives are a gift from God. So we're going to pick that apart. I just gave you the first one. We were all created by God. So we saw that in Psalm 139. We saw that in Genesis 1, and that we, in those passages, we bear the image of God. We are image bearers. So literally, when God looks at you, he sees himself. That's nuts to think, isn't it? That's pretty wild. That every one of you, created by God, bear the image of God. All over your life. All over it. Number two, God did not create junk. You have heard me say that more than once from this platform. I can think of three different times I've said that before. But I think it's a truth that we all misunderstand. You are infinitely valuable. You are worthy. You are worth it. You are more precious. Oh goodness. You are more precious. You weren't bought with the simple silver and gold and the things that this world can bring. No, you were bought with the price, the precious blood of Christ. You are worthy. You are valuable. If you think you are junk, might I remind you again, the God of the universe who created you and formed you, knows you full well, believes you're beautiful. Ephesians 2.10 tells us this. It says, for we are his, what? Workmanship. You know what that means? Masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. Can you imagine the efforts that people have taken to create a masterpiece even on this earth? And what makes it a masterpiece? What makes it? It's the creator that makes it a masterpiece. It's not what other people say, but it's what the creator says. And the creator says, hmm, that's good. And there's the value that it's placed. And how God created each one of you as a masterpiece. He looks down on you and goes, oh, that's good. You are good. You are not junk. You are not a mistake. You might think that all the zits on your face are making you uh, blemished. But guess what? The Lord does not see those zits. He sees the precious blood of Christ all over you. And he thinks you're beautiful. He thinks you're amazing. He probably even put that zit there just to make you think about him. Hello. Number three, because we are all created by God, because God did not create junk, here it is, number three, each day is a gift from God. Each day is a gift from God. You know what? We should never waste the days that we have on fleeting thoughts 
that lead us away from the grace and the goodness of God. We need to take those thoughts captive and say, no, that is not a truth. The truth of God's word is what I'm holding on to. When he says that I'm a masterpiece, oh, that's good. When the world says that I'm worthless, oh, no, I need to take that thought captive and chunk it and believe the truth of God's word, that you are created as a masterpiece. We should never waste a day glorifying the Lord because of how he created you and how he created me and how we are different, but we are good. I don't have the same complexion that you do. I don't have the same hair color that you do. My shoe size might be similar, but my little toe, my second to big toe, like right there, it is longer than my big one. Like that makes me have wisdom. Like God created that. That's what that means. When my second toe is longer than my big toe, that means I have wisdom. Did you know that? It's in the Bible. I'm just kidding. Um, But it's there. You are each created unique. And every day is a gift from God. Revelation 4.11 says this. Worthy are you, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things. And because of your will, they existed and were created. You were not an accident. God intended to create you. God put the very breath in your lungs. He breathed that into you, Genesis 2-7. Then the Lord, God formed a man from dust, from the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Psalm 150, verse 6 says this, let everything that has breath, what? Okay, come on. Let everything that has breath Praise the Lord. I love the songs we just sang. The past two songs. You put the breath in my lungs. I'm going to give it back to you. What do I have to give in my music set? I have praise to give back. The songs that I get to sing on the radio in my car at the top of my lungs, those are all praises that I'm giving back to God. Because why? He put the breath in there. So I might as well just put it back out. That, he put that in. And I need to give that back out. That is what God desires out of us, out of his children, is to breathe that praise. Now what? Two things. I'm going to wrap it up. Here we go. Now what? One, our friends need to know how valuable they are. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't watched the news lately, there's some things going on in our culture that are really disturbing. There are things that are going on, people that are fighting for equality. There are people that are feeling oppressed. And sadly, it's, stayed, it's kind of coming out by the skin color or the socioeconomic status. There's a lot of oppression going on in our culture. There's a lot of riots going on. There's a lot of people that are screaming for equality. You and I, as a believer in Christ, we have something to contribute to that conversation. And you're going to talk about it in your life groups. We have something to contribute. And you know what that is? That all people, all people are created by God with infinite value. You are worth it. Make your breath sing his praises. We, as body of believers, as Christians, we have something to contribute to the conversation. We can lead change in this, in our culture, 
If only the Christians would stand up and declare the truth of God's word and stand on the promises of his word and love people the way that Jesus would want them to be loved. Unconditionally, with infinite value and infinite worth. That's what we have to give. If you're finding yourself just watching the TV or in conversations or the people around you and not speaking up for the truth, in that regard, if you are silent about the truth of God's word in this matter, huh, it's time for us to rise. It's time for us to stand up. Number two, our friends need to know how valuable they are. And number two, we need to surrender each day to the Lord. Each day, we need to surrender to the Lord. That I'm going to praise him. I'm going to love the Lord your God with all my heart, soul, mind, body, and strength. And then I'm going to love my neighbor as myself. I'm going to love God and I'm going to surrender each moment to the, to the Lord. Lord, today, today's the day for me and you. Like We're going to rock it. We're going back and forth. We're pursuing. I'm pursuing you, Lord, as best I know. Best I know how. As you journey into your life groups here in about two seconds... I pray that you would bring something to the table. I pray that you would engage with your group in a way that you've never, maybe you speak up, or maybe you listen more intently than you have before. And let's just see what God does as we further this conversation that we're having here in this large group, but as we can follow each other or encourage one another in our groups. Let me pray for us. Father, I'm really thankful for your goodness and your grace toward us. Lord, I'm praying that there is a student in this room that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, and that right here, right now, they would see how you created them just the way they are, that you love them, you desire to be in relationship with them, that you sent Jesus, your one and only Son, to die on the cross, to pay the penalty for our sin. Father, I pray that these students would begin to ask questions of their life group leader, of their friends in their life groups, and that they would ask the, um, reveal that decision that they're making right here, right now. So Lord, thank you for our time together, and thank you for our life groups. God, we pray you would do something amazing in this moment, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.